0: What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm Shelley Metling, and I've been sharing my infertility journey openly on YouTube for about a year now. With four losses ourselves and one rainbow baby on the way, I wanted a platform for you babes to share your stories. So girl, sit back, get ready to relate laugh and cry because we are about to get real on the ins and outs of pregnancy loss in the 21st century Hello, everyone. You guys, we have a special guest today. Her name is Arden Cartrett, and you guys, if you don't follow her on Instagram, you absolutely have to. I was just creeping through all of your stuff, Arden, and like (laughs) liking and commenting. So you probably noticed that, and you're like, "Geez, this girl's going back through my timeline." But (laughs) it's totally fun. (laughs) But you are so open about your journey, and I just find that so extremely powerful. And I want you to kind of just talk about your story. So okay. if you just want to start from the beginning, lay it all out there.
1: Okay. Um, I've been trying to think of like where in the point I need to even begin. Um, my husband and I, um, his name is Carrie, we started trying in early 2017. And I don't really know exactly when we started trying. I know that like, at first, I had no idea that you had to ovulate to get pregnant or anything. I just thought that you had sex and it happened. So there were a few months where I just thought that if we just weren't careful, it would happen. And, um, I quickly learned about my body and how it all works. Isn't that funny? um, You like forget everything that you ever
0: learned in like what's that class called that they make you go through in like fifth grade. (laughs) Oh my gosh.
1: But I don't even remember them explaining that there's this window of time that you can get pregnant, not Just, I felt like they told us if you have sex, you get pregnant or you get an STD. Like it wasn't ever really clear (laughs) that it's actually not that easy to get pregnant. Um, So I quickly learned about my reproductive system and did some tracking and stuff like that. And I'd say that we started tracking like June, 2017. So Months went by, I started to realize that I ovulated later than like websites and apps would tell me that I would ovulate because normally they say you ovulate on day 14, but I was ovulating on day like 17, 18, sometimes even 19 of a 26, 27 day cycle. So I had a really late ovulation and I remember I saw a doctor about that um, close to the year mark and... I learned that I had a luteal phase defect. So my luteal phase is less than 12 days and sometimes it's seven to nine days. I mean, it's just, it's terribly short. And for those that don't know um, about luteal phase defects, like it doesn't make it impossible to get pregnant, but it does make it really hard because like my uterine lining would shed before a baby could really grow and implant. So um, that's the way it was kind of explained to me. And after a year, we started seeing a reproductive endocrinologist. We did all the tests and everything came back fine. We have suspected that I have endometriosis, but we have not confirmed that with surgery, just based off of symptoms. So we put that in the back burner for a little bit and we decided to focus on my luteal phase. And we did, um, we like arranged to do a femara cycle, which is also a letrozole which is the generic name. So basically I would take the letrozole at the beginning of my cycle. It would make my follicles grow um, faster than normal and my egg quality would be better. And it would just help us time ovulation. So um, about a year and a half after we started trying, we were finally at the point where we could do the medicated cycle um, after we did all the tests and stuff. And I, it was a cycle before we were going to do that cycle and I was totally ready. I accepted that we might not get pregnant naturally and that this was just how we had to do it. And my period was three days late. And my period's never late. And I thought that my body just hated me. Like, I literally thought it was my period was late just to, like, piss me off. And um, I was really angry for those three days just thinking, like, I'm not pregnant, so I don't know what's going on. And it never occurred to me to take a pregnancy test. Um, on the fourth day, I think that I was late, I was like, maybe I am pregnant because I started to notice that I didn't feel well and I wasn't sleeping well and had all these symptoms that I kind of pushed to the back of my mind. And so I went home and took a pregnancy test and it was positive. And I've recorded myself taking, not taking the test, but like reading the test. And you can see in my face in this video that I'm completely shocked because we didn't track anything like we literally relaxed and that pisses me off that the one month that we didn't track anything is when we got pregnant but um yeah so we got pregnant and we thought that it was kind of like a miracle like I thought there's no way that somebody would take this miracle away from us and um we kind of went on our our merry way we did the blood work it all came back fine and we waited for our first ultrasound at seven weeks and so we did a seven week ultrasound because we, um, belong to a fertility clinic. So that's like the norm, I guess. And, um, at the first ultrasound, it looked like I, the pregnancy stopped growing at five weeks and the doctor wasn't really sure if it stopped growing or if maybe I was just behind or maybe I ovulated late, you know? Um, I mean, I'm sure that, that, you know, like they ask you all these questions, like well, when was your last period, and when did you ovulate? And I didn't track anything, so I didn't yeah. know. And um, it wasn't like he wasn't hopeful. The doctor wasn't hopeful. He was really honest with us that it, it looked like we were going to miscarry. And so we were told to come back in a week just to double check. And we did that for that entire week after that appointment. I literally like I. I drank coffee every day. I uh, didn't take my prenatal vitamins. Like I just kind of wanted to punish my body for failing me. And, um, that was kind of the social media post
0: that I just read on your Instagram that I was like, I totally resonate with that because I do every all the time. I'm so bad. It's almost like you're well, and you're like almost living it up because you don't really know what else to do. You're like, well, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to just like Do
1: everything that I can do that I can't do. You know what I mean? Of course. And I felt like in the moment, I was like, well, of course, I'd rather not be doing these things. But I wanted to punish myself in some way. So I had given up hope. And I thought that entire week, I was just waiting to figure out how we were going to go on with this miscarriage. I thought it was cruel that I had to carry around something that wasn't alive inside of me. Yeah. And I just, I I had so many emotions um, after that. So he went back a week later and our doctor said that there was growth and he was kind of confused, but there still wasn't a heartbeat. Um, It still didn't look normal. So we were again told to come back a week later. (laughs) And it's just like, I mean, it was pregnancy limbo. I mean, it was just terrible. And so, but we had hope after that appointment because he said he did see growth and it was just really confusing and it kind of messed with our heads a little bit. And, um, Like halfway through waiting for that third ultrasound, I started to spot. And I remember I started spotting. I was at work, and I thought, this is over. Like there's no way that this is normal pregnancy bleeding because this isn't a normal pregnancy. And um, I think I started to mentally prepare myself for it being over at that point. And I spotted for five days. We went in for the third ultrasound, and it was then confirmed that we were miscarrying. So, um, to be honest with you, the thought of miscarrying at home was really scary to me. I didn't really want to do it. I, I didn't know how I was supposed to decide how to let this happen. Like, it just seems like every option is so cruel. Yeah. And so basically they said, you can wait and let it happen naturally. You can take a medication to induce it, or you can schedule a DNC. Um, we live in North Carolina and we have a high deductible insurance plan. So a DNC would cost us like $6,000 out of pocket. So that that was kind of out of the question for us. And and I mean, we at that point, we were thinking, you know, if we pay six grand for this and we get pregnant again, then we have to pay more money at, for the delivery. And what if we have another miscarriage? So it's just kind of you spiral. Yeah. And um, our doctor offered us another option, which was like an in-office DNC. So like... It's essentially the same thing, except for I'm not under general anesthesia. I'm basically just on Percocet. So it would still suck and be painful, and I'd be awake for it, but it would be less painful than letting it happen naturally at home is how it was explained to me. Um, so we scheduled it for two days later because the next day was our wedding anniversary, and we did not want to schedule the DNC on our wedding anniversary uh, just because we didn't want to have that memory. Yeah. Um, so we went home, and I was still spotting at this point, and I woke up around one a m and I felt like I needed to go to the bathroom. I felt like I needed to pee, and that was kind of normal at that point because um, at that point, I was like nine weeks pregnant, technically, and so my hormones were still growing and all that stuff, so I still peed all the time, ate all the time. it was just really cool. So I went to the bathroom and I found that the miscarriage had actually started while I was sleeping and um I miscarried at home over like the next 3 hours and I write about it on my blog in like extreme detail and I probably tell too much information but what happened to me during that first miscarriage I was extremely unprepared for. I was told that it would be a heavy period and that it would you know just be a bad day. It wouldn't it would not that it was it as excruciating as it was. I mean it was terrible. Um, was it physically painful for you? Um, it was extremely physically painful. It, up until my second miscarriage, like that was the worst pain I had ever felt. It was intense. Like I was laboring Mm -hmm. in the bathroom is the only way I can explain it. And I don't want to like gross all of your listeners out. Although I'm sure that some of them listening have maybe experienced it, unfortunately, but it was, I mean, it was terrible and it's crazy to me to think back because like what I went through and the amount of blood and the pain in those moments it's like I knew what to do to handle it like I didn't freak out and think I needed to go to the hospital it's like I just it's my body just knew what to do and I just had these weird instincts of what I needed in that moment I don't know if that even makes sense yeah Um, no it totally does like I just felt like I knew how to care for myself And how to take care of myself and all that stuff. And my husband stayed in the bathroom with me the whole time. And um, he went out to Walmart at 3 a.m. to get me adult diapers, which somebody told me that after miscarriage to get adult diapers. And I laughed about it. But it's seriously a life-changing thing to have. And I tell every single person that I come in contact with that is told they're going to miscarry. To have adult diapers. Like, just much more comfortable or So what? much more comfortable yeah. because a maxi pad sucks. I mean, yes. you know, I like went it, through them. It's uncomfortable. Like,
0: yeah. I went through them
1: so quickly, too,
0: when yeah. I was miscarrying. Like, it's not like you can – you can't right. really go anywhere. You know what no. I mean? Like, you can't – I mean, not that you really want to. You just no, yeah. want to be at home. Right, like, right. It's right. not fun to, like, number one, go through that. But then number two, no. constantly be cleaning yourself up, too.
1: Exactly. You and know, I think um, – like, I feel like I don't want to give too, so much information, but that's so unlike me because I normally spill everything I'll on my Oh, lay it out there. Yeah. Um, but like <laughs> <I do too. laughs> during that miscarriage, I mean, I stayed on the toilet because like I couldn't, I couldn't even pull up my pants without getting blood all over me. It was so bad. And um, so I stayed in the bathroom the whole time until like I realized that it was slowing down and then I put on the adult diapers and crawled in bed. So, I mean, it took about three hours for the bleeding to slow down. And um, I write about it in my blog because I found what helped me is I either, like, stayed on the toilet or I got in a hot shower. And, like, I laid down on the shower floor, which is so gross, like, looking back at it. But it was the hot water hitting my stomach was what was really helpful to me in those moments. And just um, feeling clean, too. Because, oh, yeah. Because it's don't, just terrible. Yeah. I mean, it's it was... Literally, like, easily one of the worst nights of my life. But afterwards, I explain it as being, like, morbidly beautiful because, like, I felt oddly proud of my body afterwards because I saw that it was capable of doing
0: what it was yeah. supposed to
1: do. Even though that sounds really weird, too, because yeah, there's this yeah. also feeling of, like, it didn't do what it was supposed to do. Right. It's so yeah. weird. But, like, I felt like I, – I don't know. Like – my body cleaned out all of the tissue and Mm -hmm. whenever we went in for our ultrasound um, to make sure like everything looked good and it's like my body knew what to do with a pregnancy that wasn't viable. And to me, that's so weirdly beautiful. I I don't know why, but I was so proud of my body afterwards and I just witnessed it go through so much. Mm -hmm. Um, So we took that pregnancy as like proof that I could get pregnant. So I know that people hate whenever, you know, they're told, well, at least you can get pregnant. But for me, that was actually really comforting, because I didn't think I could get pregnant before that. Yeah, because it wasn't you, had happening. Gotten, you had gone through
0: a long period, of right, trying right. to get pregnant, too, which exactly. is different than a lot of other people. So
1: yeah, so I kind of felt like, at least I can get pregnant. And I had this new, like faith in my body that I could carry a child in some way. And so we wanted to move forward with our planned medicated cycle, but I wanted to take a few months to try naturally because I would have loved to get pregnant naturally if I could, um, since it happened once before. Um, so on our third cycle, after that miscarriage, we did the letrozole and we got pregnant on our first medicated cycle, which was just crazy. And, um, my body responded really well to the medication and, um, I learned that I was pregnant like very early on because I tested earlier than I should have. So with the second pregnancy, this was in early January, so it's really recent. And um, I went in for blood work and my levels were really low, but nobody seemed concerned. I, um, I was concerned because I was comparing it to my first pregnancy. And my first pregnancy, I had really high levels, But then I also reminded myself that I had high levels and I still miscarried. So really, what do the numbers mean? And um, my numbers did double, but they were still really low, but still nobody was concerned. So I just tried to brush it off as every pregnancy is different. Uh, We went in for our first ultrasound at six weeks just because of what happened with the first pregnancy. And again, it looked exactly like the first pregnancy uh, I mean, the screen, it looked exactly like it. It looked like a, a blighted ovum. It didn't, it wasn't where it should be. I mean, we should have had a heartbeat at six weeks and we didn't. And so our doctor said, well, maybe it's just a little early. You know, sometimes the heartbeat does form later, but he didn't see what he needed to see. But he had some hope. He had more hope than the first time. Um, I don't know if we had so much hope, like, I think that we knew what we saw and it was kind of triggering for us to have a scan that looked exactly like the first scan of the first pregnancy because we had been there before. It just felt like deja vu. And Mm -hmm. in that moment, I was like, I wasn't ready to be pregnant this soon after miscarriage. I like instantly was like, I should have never done this. And I had so many different emotions. Um, but we went back into limbo and a week later we had a follow-up appointment. And it looked the same on the screen. So we and I think I reacted so fast to this one because I didn't I didn't want to miscarry naturally, but I also didn't want to have to schedule a surgery. I didn't want to have to I just didn't want to have to deal with it. And um I said, just give me the medication. And I looking back, like I didn't even think about what I was really doing. And the first miscarriage, I didn't want to take the medication because I had read um, like a lot of things about it saying that people had to take it two or three times to clear out all the tissue. And I just didn't want that to be me. Um, But in the moment I forgot about all of my reservations and I just said, give me the medication. And I wanted to have some control over it. And so um, I went home and the next day I took the medication on a Saturday because I didn't want to miss any work because I'm just a weirdo. And um, I took the medication and after about – two hours of taking the medication, the miscarriage started, and it looked a lot like the first miscarriage. Um, The pain was very similar. The amount of blood was very similar. I felt like I was more prepared for it, and um, I think like nine hours after I took the medication, like the worst of it was over. I had, you know, witnessed all the same things I witnessed with the first one, so I felt pretty confident that it was taken care of, that it was done, and I just wanted to move forward. Um, and then it was a few days after this. uh, So I took the medication on a Saturday on a Wednesday. I went back to work and, um, my bleeding was just odd that day. Like a couple of days after I took the medication, the bleeding was more light. Like it wasn't terrible. And on that Wednesday, it just got heavier and heavier and heavier. And, um, whenever I got home from work, it just continued to get heavier, and the pain started to get, like, really intense. And I just started to think that this wasn't right. I started to fill a pad. Um, I filled, I think, four pads within 90 minutes, which is a lot. And I called my midwife, who they're great. I mean, my midwives, like, coached me through miscarriage, which I, you know, I felt like I was really lucky to have that kind of professional care, um, that they, they took my miscarriage as seriously as they would take a childbirth. And they told me that I needed to go to the hospital. So we went to the hospital and, um, like, I, I don't know if what happened to me was a complication of the cytotec, which is the medication used to induce miscarriage. But like the heavy bleeding that I had was three times worse than both my miscarriages that happened at home. Like it was, it was just abnormal. Like it looked like a crime scene and it was really, really bad. And, um, I actually had to have the DNC in the hospital because like I was losing so much blood. I was in so much pain. They had to give me pain meds in the hospital and it was just, they had to give me fluids to try and, cause I just, I mean, I looked pale is what the doctor was telling me. And um, so we had the DNC and we went home the next morning and that's kind of where we're at now. Like recovering from that. And on top of that, we have to worry about costs and, like, moving forward, now that we've had two miscarriages, like, now I'm somebody who's had two miscarriages, and that's really hard to accept, I think.
0: You're not the one in four anymore. You're Yeah. yeah. I, I remember that It's like, like that another feeling.
1: statistic. Mm-hmm. i remember I'm so that tired feeling of, being of like, statistic.
0: Like, the first miscarriage, I felt like my first miscarriage was really probably the hardest emotionally on me, mm-hmm. um, but there was also still this sense of, like, hope. But, and not saying yeah. I lost the hope. Like, I don't feel like I ever fully lost the hope or anything like that. Like, obviously, I wouldn't have kept going if that was the case. Yeah. But, but there's this sense of, like, okay, I'm not just – this isn't just a fluke. Or you know what I mean? Right. This isn't just, like, a
1: common thing anymore. Yeah, that's kind of – so, like, the first time I was, like, you know, well, miscarriage is really common. It it, it just happens. There's mm-hmm. You know, it could be a chromosome abnormality. But now that I've had two, whenever it's a low statistic where people have – two or more consecutive miscarriages, like I can't help but wonder what's wrong or like why did both pregnancies end at the same stage? So we're waiting to do, um, we actually go in this upcoming week for our recurrent miscarriage testing and a lot of other things, but I kind of feel like I thought that I took the first loss really hard, but this one has definitely been harder on me. I feel like it's kind of, um, Like it made, it's made me feel like less of a woman just because now I wonder what's wrong with my body. And I didn't wonder that before, Mm -hmm. if it makes sense. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I, I think that a lot of people struggle, well, from what I've heard, you know, a lot of people tell me that they had a harder time with their first or their second. And I'm like, well, what if I have three or four? Like I can't, I just can't go, I feel like I can't go through another loss, but I said that last time and here I am. Yeah, and you can,
0: and you, yeah. you somehow and get, you will. You can, yeah.
1: And God forbid, I hope you don't.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah, I, no, I hope totally. you don't. But if it does happen, oh my gosh, I can't talk. See, I'm the like, no, <laughs> <laughs> If it does
1: happen, <laughs>
0: you uh, you will get through it, just like you have.
1: Well, the it's like other in two. the moment. I wonder. I think I said to my husband in the hospital. I said, "This isn't worth it." Like, I I don't know if I want to try again because this pain isn't worth it. I'm not getting out ad- anything out of this. Yeah. But then I have moments where I'm like, it is worth it because what if it goes right? You mm-hmm. know, And so I kind of struggle with that. And this loss, I've been struggling a lot with what I think is PTSD. I kind of had to talk to my husband about it because I, I wasn't sure if it was even considered PTSD, but it I've is. had a hard time going it's to the bathroom so or taking showers. And, and so I'm actually going to start some acupuncture for that because it's mm-hmm. been, um, I mean, it's been a hard couple of weeks with that. But going to the bathroom is very triggering it it is and it mm-hmm. wasn't after my first one so i i considered myself maybe i'm not easily triggered but this time i'm very easily triggered and it's it's difficult mm-hmm. and as somebody who's had four and I can't even believe that just had
0: my rainbow baby yeah it is worth it i'm just letting you know
1: it's I saw it. your post. You said, you said something like, in case you're wondering, it's worth it. And that means so much. I mean, I look at this community of women that's online, and I find so much inspiration because there's women that have gone through years of infertility, and they have their baby, or they've gone through multiple miscarriages, and they have their baby. So I do believe that it's going to work. It's just like, when do I get my reward? <laughs> yeah, I know, for all your hard work, right? Yeah, <laughs> Like, I mean, I've changed my diet. I've changed my life. You know, there's just so many pieces of you that get taken from infertility and loss. And, um,
0: and it's extremely lonely because I think so what a lot lonely. of people don't realize until they're going through it is like, mm-hmm. for me, it's like deciding to have a baby and kind of going through everything. It's like it's you and your husband that decide to do that but then you're really the only one that is going through not saying that they're not going through anything but like your body is the one that's going through everything you're you know it it is much more emotionally draining on the woman and it's hard because it's so lonely like it starts as
1: a 50 50 thing but it's not (laughs) well with my husband so like whenever we first started trying I really didn't let him in like I would take a pregnancy test and it was negative and I would cry in the bathroom at work and I would just text him like it was no big deal. Just Mm -hmm. say I'm not pregnant. Or I would tell him with a straight face and then go to our bathroom and cry. Like I completely hid how disappointing it was for me until uh, right before we hit the year mark. And then I kind of let him in on it. And um, then with our first loss, like before I experienced the miscarriage I think I asked him if he would stay home from work if it started. And he said, do you need me home? And that kind of like, it made me so mad that he couldn't see why I would need him home. Because to me, even if it was physically like a heavy period, like emotionally, I don't want to be here by myself. And he didn't understand what I meant. And so I think we got into a really big fight over it. But, um, But he was like, you know, whatever you want me to do. And so whenever it started in the middle of the night and he saw like, he physically saw what miscarriage was like. Like, he felt so bad that he couldn't go through it for me. And he, you know, he sat there and, like, just held me as I cried while I was miscarrying it. And I think after that, he has really, like, changed his entire perspective. Like, he's so understanding. And he, I think he feels it so differently because he has seen what miscarriage is like. And yeah. I actually had him answer some questions, like, on my blog about what it was like from his perspective because like nobody prepared him for how to help me. And yeah. so it, it was just, it was a big learning experience, but I know I see a lot of people get torn apart by miscarriage and sometimes just by trying to grow their family, but it's definitely made our relationship better. Yeah. Like I, I think we have a, a better understanding of each other and a better, um, like I'm able to be more open with him now about how I'm feeling and he can understand it. So and it's a your journey, better. and your just your journey mm-hmm. in general, yeah.
0: because you were going, I mean, you were keeping it to yourself beforehand. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's kind of the way awesome. I am.
1: I, I usually keep how I'm feeling inside, and I just get mad at him on the outside, <laughs> and then I blow up. And he's like, well, I didn't know you were feeling this way.
0: <laughs> so um,
1: I've tried to get better at that through us being open. But it's definitely, um, like he now, we went into our, whenever we were pregnant the second time, we went into the appointment, and he's like, so today we should see a fetal pole and a yolk sack, right and like he was so involved and he knew what things were called and it was just so funny just after all that we've been through yeah, yeah he they, understands they, it differently they probably learn a little too
0: much sometimes about yeah like, the, I, I told my husband I'm like you know too much about the female reproductive system yeah, at no, this point but whatever.
1: totally, <laughs> absolutely does it's so just... you guys
0: are you guys are going through all of your testing right now yes.
1: right Um, We started some genetic testing, but some testing we have to wait until the hormone is completely out of my body. Um, It's only been like three weeks since the DNC. So it's very new. I'm like doing research and all the things to ask my doctor. Um, I like to do the research because I like to ask questions. I'm sure my doctor loves that.
0: Oh, I I do too. (laughs) I do too. My doctor would always call me. He'd be like, what did you learn on Google
1: today? Yeah. (laughs) that. (laughs) That is me. And the sure yeah. my doctor appreciates it.
0: <laughs> well, and being so open too, I'm sure you get a lot of uh, different messages and stuff. Um, with...
1: Sometimes it's scary. I had it, somebody it tell is. me I have
0: lupus, and now I, I have it in
1: my head that I have lupus and I'm and you freaking don't. out
0: over and it. And you don't. I <laughs> had to have a conversation with my doctor, and he was like, Stop <laughs> listening to everybody else and just focus on me and you. And it's like, That's so true. Like, it's great. So Everyone's, right. people are just trying to help, right? Yeah. They're just no, trying they're to totally. help. It's just focus on you and your doctors because they are the ones that know, I know what's I know. going on with you. But it's well, a somebody really hard way. me that
1: message and I just can't like now I'm like, "Oh my god, I have lupus." <laughs> oh yeah, I've had so many
0: different diseases on my
1: <laughs> journey. <laughs> but it's nice that people are so willing to help and I actually yeah. wasn't that open on social media until after our first loss. So, I blog I've blogged since like 6 months into trying to conceive, but I was anonymous online. And I hid my face, I hid my name, I just posted, like, whatever was on my mind, and I just wanted to vent. And I've actually deleted all of those posts, because it's very embarrassing to look back at how negative I was. And I think (laughs) seeing how negative I was helped me kind of gain a little perspective. And so I kind of realized that I might as well just be positive, because being negative isn't helping me at all. Yeah. And um, after our first miscarriage, I, like, I rebranded and I showed my face and I've just kind of been open. Um, We've never really, like we've told friends and family before we were pregnant that we were dealing with infertility, but um, I've never been somebody to be big on social media actually. So like my personal social media pages, I've never made an announcement like, hi, I'm infertile. And I've had two miscarriages. That's just (laughs) not who I am. But if people were to find my page, um, hi my that's name is Arden too. and I'm infertile yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I've never that's just not who I am so like I've made yeah. um I've made my page to where people I know find it that didn't know before now they know yeah so that's fine um but being open has helped me so much like people yeah. always thank me for being open but I don't think that people realize that by me having this outlet like it helps me more than I feel like it could help anybody else mm-hmm. so it kind of feels a little selfish <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, it's totally, I, that's exactly what I say. I'm like, but you know what? It's a win-win scenario because totally it helps you cope and it's helping other people. That's how I always right. look at it because I agree. I was like, gosh, I'm, I'm kind of just doing this for me. And then I was like, yeah. no, it's helping other people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's a win-win. Like everyone it's definitely wins a win-win. Um, now, if you had any advice for somebody going through a similar situation as you, what would it be? Oh, my gosh. Any advice? Um, I feel like you've already thrown out
1: some and you probably don't even realize it. But uh, Well, I feel like – so I always tell people with – like with infertility and miscarriage, they need to advocate for themselves. So if you feel like something isn't right or you feel like you have questions, you need to ask them. Or if you feel – like you've been told that you are going to miscarry and you feel like your doctor is pushing you towards a DNC, but you don't want that or pushing you towards taking the medication, but you don't want that. You know, in those moments we don't realize the options that we have because Mm -hmm. it seems so emotional. And um, I think that although my pregnancy limbo sucked, I actually think it gave me time to think about how I want to do things And so I wish the second time I didn't act so quickly. That's kind of my biggest lesson is I acted really quickly after we were told we were going to miscarry the second time. And I really regret that now. I wish I would have thought about it a little bit more. Yeah. And I have a feeling a lot of people,
0: I have a feeling a lot of people do because once you have had one, you're kind of just like, okay, I just want to come on, like, let's just do this and then like get over this over, Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm.
1: Like I just wanted it to be over. And so I thought that was the fastest way to have it done. Yeah. And it, it wasn't. So yeah. um, I, I also want people to do research. I wish that I had done more research on the cytotech. And after I shared my experience having to go to the hospital, a lot of people reached out to me and they said, you know, I really wanted to send you a message whenever you said you were going to take it and tell you that I had this experience, but I was afraid to scare you. And I feel like we're all afraid to scare each other, but like, this is already scary. So we just need to be honest about it because that's the only way we're going to pass the message along if something isn't right for us. Yeah. And so um, I think that's why I'm open to that way. People have all the information.
0: Yeah. But yeah. And one thing that you said that like really I picked up on was that the negativity wasn't really helping you. So like to just kind of switch that mindset to a little bit more of a positive side, you know. Like oh that took it work. changed a lot for you yeah <laughs> yeah no, it did. it's not easy it took,
1: no it took it took a lot of work and my husband is very positive so he kind of helped with that but I read a book and the title of it sounds really morbid whenever I tell people I always have to like say that it's not how it sounds but it's called Who Will Cry When You Die by Robin Sharma I think is his name. And um, it's all about changing your perspective. And so I've read that like three or four times. Oh, and it's I'm really going to write that down. It's so good. Like I should earn a commission for how many people told this book about. But <laughs> um, it's an amazing, amazing book. And it, it talks about like anxiety and changing your perspective on things. And so I've reread that book many, many times over this journey. Awesome. Yeah. I'm
0: adding that to my list so um now if people want to reach out to you or follow your story in any way where can they find you
1: um on instagram i'm arden m Cartrette, and um my blog is called hello warrior and it's hello-warrior.com um and i've made it like a point like if people are told that they're going to miscarry i've made myself very available for people to message me and i've coached people through their miscarriages at home because I was really unprepared for the first miscarriage and I don't want anybody else to feel that way. Mm -hmm. So um, if anybody needs any sort of miscarriage support, I have a link on my website for certain blog posts that they can read or um, ways to contact me because I think it's really important to have somebody to talk to. For sure for sure. I do the same thing. I'm like, gosh, I, who knew my life was going to be this way? You know what I mean? I know. (laughs) Well, now I'm like, like the second pregnancy, I was like, should I announce it on Instagram. But like, I've already told these people so much, like I can't not tell them about a pregnancy. Oh yeah. Now you got to just lay
0: it all out there. Yeah. Now I'm open. So it doesn't even matter. Uh, Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. It's going to help. Thanks for having me. So many people. Um, I hope so. So we really, really appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Thanks. I love your podcast. I'm glad that I found it because it's so helpful to hear that people have so many different experiences or, you know, experience something similar to me. So it's nice. I'm sure a lot of people relate to that. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, we will talk
0: soon. Okay. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a LAM fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.